Hello, Shamai. I'm Sam Murray, one of your Young Greens co-chairs, and welcome to the first Young Greens podcast. on today's show we are talking about progressive alliances. What do they mean and what motions about progressive alliances are coming to conference? We'll be talking to Jonathan Bartley, the co-leader of the Green Party, about this as well as LGBTIQA plus Young Greens Liberation Group co-chair Badger Hill. We'll also be meeting the neighbours and hearing about Serbian Green Youth and the activities they get up to. We'll be meeting Ben Parker, the newest member of the Young Greens Executive Committee, and finally, we'll be hearing about what is happening in Young Greens groups where you are. As ever, if you have anything you would like to contribute to future podcasts or any ideas for topics we could cover, please send me an email, sam at younggreens.org.uk, and we'll fit it in. So the first topic of discussion is progressive alliances. Now, this has been very heated within the Young Greens about which side people are on and which perspective they feel they want to take. All this is going to come to a head at conference when two motions around progressive alliances are going to be submitted. Media subcommittee member Catherine Love is now going to explain a bit about the context of why we're even having these discussions about progressive alliances. In the immediate aftermath of last June's EU referendum, Caroline Lucas called for an alliance between progressive parties to mitigate the possibility of an ultra-right Brexit and work together for electoral reform. In a letter to The Guardian, she wrote, Ensuring that everyone's voice is heard in our political system is the first step towards healing the deep divisions that this referendum has revealed. I call on other progressive parties to join us in fighting to achieve that. Now, progressive alliances are the subject of two separate motions for the Spring Conference. But what do these proposed alliances really mean for the Green Party? In 2015, the Green Party of England and Wales committed to campaign by all legitimate and peaceful means in favour of proportional representation, or PR. While having to work within existing electoral systems, the motions are to enable the formation, where appropriate, of parliamentary electoral alliances for PR. This would mean strategically seeking anti-Tory electoral arrangements on the basis of commitment to a fairer voting system and shared core values. As Young Greens prepare for the Global Greens Congress and Green Party of England and Wales Conference, we talked to Jonathan Bartley about why you should consider backing motions to support progressive alliances. I'm passionate about targeting to win and I believe that in council elections we should be throwing all our resources into seats where we can get more Green councillors and then build on that to make a bid for parliamentary seats under first past the post. But I also believe that they, there is a moment now which we have to seize. We are facing potentially decades of conservative rule in this country with boundary changes going through, with potentially Scotland going independent. Uh, with the malaise of Labour at the moment, we have to do something uh, to recognise that political times are changing, that more and more people want to vote for more and more parties, but the system just cannot cope. And at the moment, the vote on the left, the progressive vote, 
is being, being split and it's letting Conservatives in and it's forming a government like the one we have at the moment on just 24% of the vote. And it's because I care about the NHS, it's because I care about the weaponization of the welfare state and the big issues of our time, climate change, and Trident, and because I believe we can be so much better than this, that I believe we need a progressive alliance. And what I mean by that is a one-off uh, situation in one general election only, where in maybe 30 or 40 seats around the country, we worked with other parties uh, to get rid of Conservative MPs and get a progressive government in place. Not a coalition government necessarily, but maybe a minority Labour government with the support of the Greens on a vote-by-vote -vote basis, a confidence and supply arrangement. And we could demand that that minority government introduce electoral reform. And I profoundly believe that if we introduce electoral reform, we will change people's lives. It's as simple as that. Change the voting system, we change people's lives. At the moment, parties just target a few hundred thousand voters in marginal seats. Those are the ones that call the shots. And we need a government that represents the whole country where, for example, the 10 million disabled people really have a voice. All those thousands and millions who care about climate change uh, have a voice. And the only way we're going to get that is through changing the system. And if we manage to do that, we change British politics forever. That's why I am passionate about promoting the Progressive Alliance, and that's why I hope that members will vote uh, to allow us to move forward with the Progressive Alliance, where local parties are in control. Local parties call the shots about what they do at the local level, but we need that commitment to work towards changing the system forever. So what exactly is the conference motion that Jonathan and members of the Green Party Executive Committee are proposing? We're going to return to Catherine Love to hear about that exact motion. D9, Electoral Alliances for Proportional Representation. In summary then, progressive alliances would apply only to parliamentary elections up to and including the expected 2020 general election. They are likely to apply only to a minority of constituencies, as identified by the Green Party Executive with guidance from the elections coordinator and they will only be entered into with parties and candidates with principles which the local party determines are broadly in line with the values of the Green Party. This final point is likely to be the most open to debate, as there is not necessarily agreement among Green Party members about what constitutes a progressive party. Many Greens will have concerns about working with Labour and the Liberal Democrats, and may well fear that this means compromising on important principles. However, both motions state that any such alliances can only go ahead with the consent of the relevant local Green parties. So who exactly is opposing this motion? One person who is, is Liberation Group LGBTIQA plus Young Greens co-chair, Badger Hill. Here's their reasons for opposing progressive alliances. My main problem with progressive alliance is that, frankly, there's nothing progressive about it. It's more of a, a mocking of democracy. What we are basically saying to the electorate is we don't trust you to make the correct left-wing choice, therefore we've already done it for you. I joined the Green Party to fight against the local Labour, Labour Council. Because other people like UKIP and stuff are looking at places like Rotherham and going, oh that's, that's a nice place, got let down Labour. But the fact is let down Labour wants a left-wing choice and that is the Green Party. The Green Party needs to stand up for those that have been let down by increasingly right-wing Labour governments. And that is not achievable via the Progressive Alliance. The Progressive Alliance is just going to allow more and more right-wing Labour 
just steamroll against the proletariat. And I am unsure if I can honestly, with all clear conscience, say to the voter, vote Labour. In other constituencies, yes, they have good candidates, they have good Labour government, uh, good Labour councils. However, where I come from, no. A vote for Labour might as well be a vote for the Conservative Party, and it's the same for the Lib Dems. It has become increasingly clear that this is not going to be an easy issue to tackle. On a national level and on a national picture, it seems very positive to me making a step towards getting rid of a constant Tory majority, especially with the prospect of Scottish independence looming. But on a local level, Green Party members and Young Greens in the field feel that it's perhaps more difficult when you have local councils who are run by parties we need to go to progressive alliances with, who are making decisions we can't trust. So how do we analyse progressive alliances going forward? We return for a final time to Catherine Love, who gives a final take on these motions being presented to conference. One of the difficulties of a commitment to progressive alliance from the Greens' perspective is that, in, pr in practice, this would most likely mean standing aside in a number of constituencies in order to prevent splitting the progressive vote and offering victory to the right. While the Green Party has a strong chance of winning the seat in the Isle of Wight, were Labour and the Lib Dems to stand down, in other areas it is probable that the Greens would be the ones making sacrifices. Another possible option is the formation of local cross-party collectives who would field one candidate under a joint banner. This would mean members of the different local parties working together to agree on a candidate and a set of policies. Practically, this could prove challenging, and it raises the further question of how that local coalition proceeds should the candidate be successful. Any commitment to progressive alliances must therefore be backed up with robust plans for what cooperation looks like after the immediate hurdle of an election. Progressive alliances also depend, of course, upon the willingness of other parties to enter into them. So far, Labour has been reluctant to get on board. When the Green Party stood down in the Richmond Park by-election last year to improve the Lib Dems' chances against Zach Goldsmith, Labour's candidate continued to campaign for the seat. And while some key figures in the Labour Party, like Clive Lewis, are in favour of some form of progressive alliance, Jeremy Corbyn has so far resisted suggestions of Labour cooperating with any other political party in this way. There are many possible benefits of working together. Progressive alliances are about long-term thinking, preventing a further lurch to the right in the short term while aiming towards the ultimate goal of PR. For the Green Party, this might mean fielding fewer candidates in upcoming elections, but with the eventual promise of a fairer electoral system that would give Greens a greater say, not to mention preventing an ugly right-wing alliance between the Tories and UKIP. While first-past-the-post remains in place, temporarily and strategically putting aside small differences may be the only way forward. However, there are also potential disadvantages to take into consideration. Labour tribalism may stand in the way of any progressive alliance agreements, while there is the question of what the Greens really have to gain. As already mentioned, it's likely that in many seats it will be the Greens who have to sacrifice their share of the vote, which may damage the party's profile and undermine the success of its recent gains in membership and votes. Meanwhile, if the Green Party is going to make such a sacrifice, there remains a big question mark over how returns can be guaranteed. Finally, we also have to consider the arguments that Greens might put to other parties in the process of forming alliances. 
why would a candidate for Labour or the Lib Dems step aside for a Green? These are the sorts of questions that need to be debated at conference. If you feel passionately about this issue, or if you have other questions that you think should be posed, now is the time to make your voice heard. Hi everyone, it's Aaron Ranji, aka your quiz co-host, alongside the wonderful Sam Murray. On the Saturday of conference, which is April Fool's Day, make sure you aren't a fool and come down to the Young Greens quiz. It's £2 entry and will take place in the Green Party of England and Wales plenary rooms at 9.30. There's a prize for the winner, so make sure you come along. Hi, my name is Alice Hubbard and I'm co-chair of the Young Greens Freedom of Movement Campaign Committee and I'm from Sheffield Green Party. Today I would like to share my thoughts about the importance of freedom of movement and why we are actually incredibly privileged to be able to work, study and travel across the EU continent. I myself am very lucky to have had the opportunity to go to the Netherlands to study, not only because their tuition fees are a fraction of ours, but also and perhaps more importantly because of the invaluable experience that I have had living in a different country and in such an internationally orientated environment. The UK also hugely benefits from freedom of movement. Migrant workers form the backbone of the NHS. We benefit from international students, scientific researchers, construction and hospitality workers and of course a multiplicity of cuisines. I believe that freedom of movement is vital for the globalised world that we live in today. It is all about learning from different cultures and living and working together for peaceful and more sustainable and just futures. You're listening to the Young Greens podcast. This spring conference is going to be a bit special, mainly because we will be joining up with the Global Greens, the Global Young Greens and the European Green Party. So now seemed like a very appropriate time to introduce one of our new regular segments for the podcast. And this is going to be called Meet the Neighbours, where we're going to be inviting young Greens from all across the world to tell us a bit about their Green parties and the kind of things they've been up to. The first person we have contributing is Olya Stavanovic from Serbian Green Youth. We met with Olya in Belgrade earlier this year when carrying out an international visit with the Westminster Foundation. Here's Olya's thoughts about Serbian Green Youth, the activities they've been up to, and a message for the Young Greens of England and Wales. I'm Olya, Uh, I'm 27 years old and uh, I live in Belgrade, Serbia. But also I'm a member of Serbian Green Youth and uh, I'm a part of their uh, main board since last year and uh, my term will end sometime this spring. Serbian Green Youth is a non-profit and non-governmental organization, which is perhaps unusual since most of the young green MOs across Europe are uh, youth wings of green political parties. Uh, Nevertheless, our organization was founded with the clear aim of improvement of the existing situation in the fields of environmental protection and nature conservation, human rights protection, general situation of youth policy, young people in society and their representation in politics. I would like to mention the LGBTQ museum campaign that was conducted last year and which had its implementation in the form of two exhibitions on different themes that stood out as the most important among our activists. Um, Our first exhibition was coming out, thematically designed in a way that through the set of personal stories and photos follows the process of coming out. 
And since the Green Club, where we held this exhibition, is a part of our facilities, and it's marked as a safe place, this exhibition were able to see people from wider circles, and not only from the Green community. And our second exhibition name was PH Value, which stands for the value of patriarchy and heterosexuality. And I think that the name speaks for itself, but you're always welcome to take a look on how it was on our Facebook page. So the biggest success for Serbian young Greens was, uh, by my personal opinion, the EcoFest. It's one of the most important events that we traditionally organize every year in the form of an integrated festival of film, discussions, exhibitions and workshops dedicated to one particular green and socially important topic each year. The focus theme of this year's EcoFest, actually the last year's since it was held in November, was water as a public good. During the festival, we analyzed the current situation of water management, both in Serbia and internationally, and together with the prominent experts from this field, we wanted to provide one critical approach to water policies and privatization of water sources, water management, and water protection. For this year, we have planned several interesting events and campaigns. What we also planned is the Something Green campaign that is to be implemented throughout the year, which aims to attract and gather different people who are interested in discussing green issues in an informal environment. I think there are many similarities between RT organizations and knowing how much determined and creative they are in implementing their campaigns, even with limited resources, I must say they are doing an amazing job. And speaking in front of all members of Serving Green Youth, we believe it would be great if we could join our forces and work together on some projects. So that would be my message for young Greens of England and Wales. Let's do something amazing together. I don't know about you, but I'm rather inspired by Olia's hopeful message of working and cooperating with the young Greens of England and Wales. And if this has inspired you to get more involved in the Young Greens international activities, you can get in touch with our international officer, Tarek Khan, who you can reach at Tarek at younggreens.org.uk. Now, talking about officers, the Executive Committee of the Young Greens of England and Wales has just co-opted a new campaign's officer, Ben Parker. Now, Ben is new to the role and was keen to introduce himself. So here is a bit from Ben about his aims and hopes for being our new campaign's officer. Hi everybody, my name's Ben. Uh, I'm the newly co-opted campaign's officer on the Young Greens Executive Committee. So I just thought I'd take this podcast as an opportunity to introduce myself to you all. Um, so I'm currently studying in Edinburgh. Uh, my local party though is Harrogate and District in North Yorkshire. And I've just graduated from the 30 under 30 scheme last year. Uh, so I'm really excited and keen to kind of put the skills and knowledge that I've gained from that um, into practice in the role. Um, hopefully you'll already be aware that one of the campaigns that we're focusing on this year is freedom of movement. Um, that's actually a campaign that we're going to launch at the Global Greens Congress later this month in Liverpool. Um, hopefully you'll be able to be involved with it there. Uh, but if not, don't worry. One of the things that I'm going to be doing in the role is bringing that campaign to all the different local groups by producing some different campaign packs. Um, so they'll be focusing on securing rights for migrants, securing rights for refugees, uh, but actually just celebrating freedom of movement as something positive uh, and sort of defending it against the negative rhetoric uh, which I think all too often surrounds it um, in the media and, and in political debate. 
Um, so if you do want to be involved, or actually if you've just got any questions about the uh, campaign, please do be in contact. My email is ben at younggreens.org.uk. Um, like I say, hopefully I'll see you very soon at the Global Greens Congress, uh, but if not, at some of the other Young Greens events that we've got coming up. Um, and I'm looking forward to meeting you all very soon. We're all excited on Executive Committee to be working with Ben and particularly working on our Freedom of Movement and Mental Health campaigns in the months to come. So if you want to get involved, do get in touch with Ben. Now, one of the most important things we want to use this podcast for is to hear about what's happening in your regions and in your local parties. So we've invited members of the Regional and Wales Senate to contribute things that have been happening in their areas. And we received this submission from Emma Robson, who is the co-convener of Young Greens North East, about a recent event that they have held. Hello, my name is Emma Robson and I'm from Sunderland. I'm co-convener for the North East, along with Michael Holt from Hartlepool. We got the role after the regions dissolved into three regions. The regions now are North East, North West and Yorkshire and Humber. We recently had a great event in the North East, which we called it The North East Shall Rise Again, which Michael came up with the name, and I admire Michael's creativity because this is a really good name. We held it in the Bangladeshi Centre in Sunderland. It was, it was well attended, with around about 15 people for our first event. We had panel discussions, so we had two panels. Panel one was Trump, Brexit and climate change, and panel two was Corbyn and Progressive Alliance. The discussions were very informative, with part- audience participation as well. We then went to the nearest Weatherspoons for further discussion. We raised £25 for future events. We do plan to hold more of these conference events in the future. And we also had a tombola as well, which was very well attended. Also in the region, me and Michael have been helping out Sarah Thin, who is wanting to become a councillor in County Durham. So we've been helping in the Neville's Cross area, doing canvassing. Thank you. And that is the report from the North East. Goodbye. Thank you very much, Emma, for filling us in what's going on in the North East. It's really exciting to hear about these different events that are happening with Young Greens all across the country. And we, of course, wish Sarah Finn the best of luck in the upcoming Durham local elections. If you've got something happening in your local Young Greens group, or you're a member of Wales Young Greens, or a regional group, please feel free to send us submissions like Emma's, telling us what's going on, the events you've been up to, or maybe you're a candidate running for election who wants to fill us in on the exciting things happening on the campaign trail. If you do, please send an audio submission to me. And to do that, my email address is sam at younggreens.org.uk. And you can send us in various uh, audio format files. And also you can even just record it on your phone and send me the file from that. So please do get engaged and in touch. So for our next segment and our final segment, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. This is an idea that we've tried uh, to develop called Creative Corner. Now, as many of you will know, when I stood for election to be co-chair, one of the things I wanted to promote was this idea of artivism, using the arts and culture to create political statements in exciting new ways. And Creative Corner is our section of the podcast devoted to artivism. So we're looking for contributions that could be spoken word, that could be poetry, and that could be song. This week's submission comes from Josiah Mortimer, a Young Green singer-songwriter, 
And this particular song uh, is about the situation in America with Donald Trump and proposes a rather interesting solution to all of our problems surrounding Mr. Trump's election. You can actually find this song on Bandcamp and all proceeds uh, from the purchasing of the song will be going towards good causes such as the NAACP and also Planned Parenthood. So let's join Josiah and find out why we need to build a wall.
pay for every brick Build a wall, build a wall And never let it Far too small. 